0: All right, Ricky, I'm in the freezer. Hurry up, I don't like being cold. Just hang in there, man. I'll have some warm stuff for you when you get out hot chocolate, whatever. Is the Clark leaving yet or what? Open 9 till 9? Uh, Bubbles, Bubbles, bit of a problem. It seems like they're opening later than they used to be. I don't know what happened. I thought I checked it, but uh, you're gonna have to be in there for a little bit longer than expected. Not that bad, not that much longer, though, okay? they are fine, a little bit longer hopefully only like 20 minutes i don't know yet that
1: doesn't make any sense ricky that means you're
0: out until 6 20. nobody closes at six twenty. all right everybody welcome back to another week of muskies on tap We got Thanksgiving week here. Um, we are minus one on host tonight. It's just going to be my brother, Max and I, Brian is unable to attend tonight, which is a bummer, you know, hoping we, he was going to be on to talk a little bit about our, our little last, you know, Mott crew Bender weekend and how that went. And we're going to touch on that a little bit here tonight, but before I talk any further, I'll introduce Max, the other co-host on here tonight. Max, how are you doing?
1: Doing good. Uh, yeah. i bummed that Brian's not with us tonight, but he's got a lot of stuff to take care of before he heads home for the holiday. So very understandable. We'll uh we'll catch him on the next one. I uh, had a great weekend with uh with you guys up north. Granted, the fishing might have not been quite what we were hoping for, but. That's uh hashtag the way she goes sometimes. So uh nice little brother's pod here tonight. Uh, it's late on a weeknight. I'm uh, sipping on a little lift bridge brewery brown ale. So really leaning into the, the cold November, uh, you know, soon to be wintry nights here. I was actually Vasty. just looking at the, yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I'd give it like a seven out of 10, 6.8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I was looking at the weather here, and it uh, it appears that the end is officially near. I will be up north for Thanksgiving to do a few more days of fishing with you, and uh, looking forward to that. We'll see kind of what's still left and available to fish in our neck of the woods, and um, probably just you know do do a little bit of trolling, do a little bit of sucker fishing. Similar game plan as we did last week. Uh, but mm-hmm. it appears we got about, what do you think, five or six more days. We're re- recording here on Tuesday night and looking at the weather, it looks like it's going to drop off pretty substantially starting uh, pretty quickly here and it doesn't look like it's going to let up and, and
0: winter is officially here. Right. Yeah. Lakes are definitely going to fully lock up here soon. There's probably going to be some of the big ones that are going to stay open, but man, just the nights and even the daytime temps not getting above freezing. Uh, I think it's about time to winterize the boat and just call it a season and not push our limits too hard because this is the time of year that stuff starts to break. Uh, I know the, one of the two live well, what are they called? Like the switches to open and close the live well and drain them broke last year around this time on one of those blistery, windy, cold, snowy days. And I don't know if I want that to happen again on the other one, but yeah, I guess maybe if you want to dive in quick on how our weekend went with uh with Brian, you and myself uh, this past weekend, I know we were able to hit the over on fish that uh, Vegas ever so uh, graciously gave us the one and a half fish. Uh, we did not hit the over on big fish, so yet again we did not cover both for all of the, uh, parlay betters out there, but <laughs> well, uh, at least we got the, uh, at least we got the two. So I know Max, you came up what, Thursday late. Uh, we, we tried a little nitrolin and, uh, a, a rainstorm came out of nowhere and that took us off the water, not to mention it was still blowing 20, 25 miles an hour, maybe more. And uh, pitch black, so that was tough to uh, to do. We marked a few, marked a big one, I think, and uh, couldn't get her to go. And Friday... Even we, the weekend. Yeah, I know. Friday we decided to opt out on Cisco water, and we went to some relatively new water to us, but I know that they like suckers out there, and the other two times I was out there this uh, fall we were able to get sucker bites uh, lost a few though unfortunately and only was able to land one so I had a really good feeling about you know buying some suckers and having them get chewed on day one and we went all of Friday with just really nothing uh, no sucker pickups really no sucker lookers and just ended up with myself losing one casting at I think the end of the major, it was like at four 50 a little bit after sunset. So that was kind of a bummer, uh, hit me at an awkward timing and angle. I actually made it a really bad cast at the back sucker, Bobber in that area. And I wasn't looking and thought I snagged up on the sucker, like, hmm. you know, line and Bobber and stuff and ended up being that fish gnawing on that bait for probably a, A second too long and i wasn't it didn't compute in my brain what happened and it was too late (laughs) that was that was unfortunate yeah we were blessed with some great weather that day so it was fun
1: chilling out there just enjoying chatting we had her dad come out and meet us so good day on the water overall i mean um you know anytime you can get a 40 45 degree day with low wind and sun which was pretty much our our weather all weekend um you know, I, I don't know what to really attribute the slow bite to. Um, I know, you know, like we had mentioned in the last podcast, you had some very good days in a row leading up to New uh, new Moon and a few days after New Moon. And then it felt like, you know, you were on a roll. And part of me, when I was driving up Thursday night, I, I started thinking, how long can this, this hot bite continue for? And I kind of got that eerie feeling where I'm like, if it shuts off, it's, I feel like it's going to really shut off. And uh, Friday, about midday, I started thinking, hmm, you know, I, I don't know if this kind of weather shift and pure sun and low wind is what these fish are, are going to get fired up on. It just felt like, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday that <clears throat> we had no trouble finding out where they were. It just... Just didn't feel like any of them had any intention really to open up their mouths outside of, you know, the few bites that we got. Um, but I mean, we were averaging only, you know, about an opportunity or two a day. Uh, with mm-hmm. Sunday being, with being no opportunities, just fish swimming around on the video game console. So, um, yeah, you know, Saturday, we obviously went to a lake that we really like and, you know, I think if you want to touch on a little bit our thought process on on the water, we decided to to do. Um, you know, Saturday was was a good day, uh, but again, just you know, relative to what our what the expectations were, um, you know, fairly slow. I would I would say.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree because when we got out there early, uh, we started trolling right away because we were there well before it got above freezing. And we didn't want to exactly just sucker fish right away and really not be able to cast. Or if we did, we probably would have screwed up the reels for the whole day until it got warm again. And uh, we were kind of looking at the trolling in the morning as either a bonus fish, because there was no moon going on that morning, or a time to look for bait and kind of just key in on some very specific areas and where we're going to sucker fish and cast. And I think out of the gate, while we're setting up and getting to like the actual uh, line that we wanted to go down and troll, we already marked two in like deeper mud off of the break. So that wasn't an awesome sign to see them kind of come up off the bottom and take a look at the lures for a minute. And then not even a minute, probably a couple seconds and then go right back down Mm -hmm. Um, as I think we had for both of those, or at least one of them, I know we had live scope looking back at the trolling lures. So that was pretty frustrating, but, uh, we took a pretty much a stroll around, oh, damn near the whole lake before we kind of got to these, this, uh, rocky area, like rock bars and rock points and rolling right between a rock bar and a point, uh, the one down rod goes off and that fish we got on a, I just picked it up from TRO. It's a legend perch bait jointed. Heard good things about them. Looked great right when I got it a couple of weeks ago and really was thinking it was going to get a fish by ice up. And so I was pretty, I was pretty stoked on that one, getting a bite and good call Max for picking that one. Cause that was his rod of choice. We all had, you know, our baits on the one rod we had and that's the one that went off and I think we got that going just a little under three miles an hour. I think we we're going at a decent clip, uh, nothing crazy. It wasn't super windy at that point and uh, put up a good fight. It hit the rod that I have mono filament line set up on and like a medium huh. heavy rod. And, and it, that's the old, old round reel on that one. So I know Max said it was fairly big when he picked up the rod and, it might've been fooled a little bit by the stretch in the line, but you know, that happens. That happened to me earlier this fall when I caught a nice one on that setup as well. I was like, Oh, this is a big, big one. (laughs) And, uh, they kind of drop in size a little bit as you get them closer to the boat. That kind of happens always with trolling, but there's the big ones are when, you know, about halfway through bringing back to the boat, they stay down, or at least they thrash on the surface and you can, you know, see how really big they are. You want to, what, what, what's the thought process behind throwing mono on that one rod? Um, trying to stand out and be different. I don't know. I, we've always just run braid and fluorocarbon leaders. And I know, uh, it was just like a spare reel. And I was like, ah, we're not really using this for anything. And it's got a clicker, no line counter. Um, I figured we would just always use it for something we weren't throwing much more than 50 feet back. And I was just like, I don't know. I've always heard about people setting up mono and I think it's got 30 pound mono on it. And then I made a wire leader myself to kind of give it a little sing and hum in the water. And I really thought that was going to be like a game changer this fall. It's really actually only, I think it's caught two, just two trolling fish this fall. Like I had it set up sometime in the summer, but it was after I was done doing some open water trolling in June. So I never used it again until October. And uh it's it seems to do the job. I don't know. It's something different to get out there. And yeah, I know some people that'll get like full uh wire line setups. I don't know. There's a lot of things you can do trolling to differentiate yourself, but that's a, that's a whole different ball game. That's, I am not even close to being a master troller. I just do it when I can and want to, and feel sometimes lazy, but I also think it's kind of underutilized up here and pretty darn effective way to catch fish. It really helped put some fish in the boat the past, uh, probably two, two to three weeks or so on some days that they were not eating suckers and they weren't really eating the casting lures either it seemed like buzzing by a tr- uh, troll and bait right past their face at a pretty decent speed was kind of triggering some bites you know maybe when they weren't wanting to take the easy meal for some reason I don't know the sucker fishing has been so frustrating <laughs> for me it seems like they either just annihilate them and there's no question about it or they won't even touch them. And then now, just as of the last two days, had the first time probably since maybe a year or two or more ago, a fish pick up the sucker and drop it within six, seven, eight seconds, which is really bizarre. You'd think once they grab it, they want it and they will start chewing on it. But man, these these must have been some conditioned or smart fish or something
1: yeah are they evolving they they uh know the taste of metal now and and decide to to drop <laughs> drop the suckers or see the hooks and get eyes on them and say no thanks um, i mean
0: well i mean the last two days we were on cisco water so i'm wondering if they just kind of accidentally took a bite out of them and they were like oh this is not a cisco yuck <laughs> yeah
1: i don't know it's uh i'm sure we'll we'll talk more about it but i just wanted to go back quick to the wire uh trolling line leader setup i was listening to um the Muskie road rules podcast with greg thomas today and he was uh chatting with um uh, the guy's name is escaping me but he's the uh the the musky candies guy that caught the 59 oh, and a half out Colin of, uh, yeah i think mm-hmm. so yep and he was ta- talking about trolling with the wire, uh, full, full wire setups and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of just interesting to hear how there's like different perspectives and you can do different things with your setup to kind of stand out. Like you were saying with the mono wire kind of setup. and yeah, I got fooled a little bit on that fish. That ended up being a nice fish, you know, right around that 40 inch mark fat, typical, you know, late, late fall fish. But, yep. um, man, I picked up that rod. I'd. I was thinking big things. I mean, we were on a lake that we know has some, some large muskies in it and, uh, heart started thumping pretty good until I, until I saw it. And it, you know, still gets you going. A little it put on the Instagram stories, like a little cup of coffee in the morning. Cause uh, we were pretty tired, got up early, um, mm-hmm. long day Friday. So that was a good one to kind of get the spirits going. And, um, you know, thought after that, like, okay, they weren't eating yesterday, uh, we get this fish pretty much right away in the morning on Saturday and, uh, thought we were in for a good day, but man, oh man, just tough. I mean, another full day with no sucker eats on Saturday, countless fish coming up, looking at them, turning away. Um, you know, it was like, we were joking around I and mean, we were about to just toss the suckers on shore and maybe throw the live scope in the water. Cause it was just getting to that point where. It was like, what are we doing out here? Um, Brian did manage to catch, you know, a smaller fish casting on the same bait that I, uh, that legend perch bait that I caught, um, you know, the one yeah. trolling on. And uh, yeah, you know, just, it, it just is what it is. I mean, I think some sometimes in the fall, it just feels like, you know, these muskies, when they don't necessarily need to eat or feel the need to eat, they, they're really hard to get to trigger and actually get a bite. Um, You know, you're not really getting follows. And without the live scope, you could probably get pretty, like you could probably get pretty just kind of down in the dumps, like throughout the day, you know, just it just feels like the lake is kind of dead at times when you're out there. I mean, it's it's a fun time of year to be out there, but the weather, you know, we had weather that never really changed. It stayed pretty consistent all day. And, you know, like in the the summer, like early fall, feels like, you know, you kind of, you kind of can feel the windows open up throughout the day, you know, whether there's clouds starting to come in or maybe a wind pickup or a change or a front moving in, you know, you just kind of get that sense like, oh, I need to go back on our, on our spots where we know there's fish and, or you see fish, you know, you're moving fish throughout the, the summer and the early fall. It gets into these late fall periods and it's just like, you're just waiting for, for a bite. And uh, when it ever comes, it just is a little bit demoralizing. Um, But nonetheless, you know, still a fun day Saturday. And then Sunday you can touch on what our decision was and kind of what happened, but Mm. big, big swing. And, uh, you know, didn't, didn't pan out, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I think, oh man, I know that on Saturday it maybe was not quite, up to the expectations that we had on the lake that we went to. I mean, getting that trolling fish was awesome. But the fact that we went from that to putting the suckers in, and I think going through that whole entire spot where we got that trolling fish without even having a single look on a sucker, that was pretty rough. Like I didn't expect it to be that bad. And that was the lake. We for sure decided that we wanted to go to Saturday prior to the weekend. And after the day, it was just kind of up in the air on if we want to, I don't know, not not say cop out, but with that zero wind, bright sun, potentially going to a lake with a little bit, you know, darker water, uh, more mouths to, uh, to get after, you know, getting the baits in front of more fish or going to our original plan and going to trophy clear water. And we ended up deciding just sticking with the trophy clear water. It's just like, we're saying that's why we're up there. I mean, that's what I know Brian was saying. He's like, I'm here. I'd rather beat my head against the wall on a trophy lake than do that to a lake that we probably have too high of expectations on getting a sucker bite or two and some follows and this and that. And, uh, Oh boy, did we have ourselves a day with that sun and, no wind. We, <laughs> some spots that didn't feel like we really found them. And then there were some spots where I know we had multiple looking at our suckers at the same time. And nobody was really messing with our casting lures. I might've gotten a bump uh, jigging, but it was a bait with zero teeth marks. And after that bump, there was still zero teeth marks. So I'm thinking that these stinking things are bumping them with their mouths closed. I think that happened to Brian as well out in the cast. So that was weird. That was not, I don't know. It just didn't pan out. We really swung for the fences and I don't, I really don't regret it because it was just one of those things where something could happen at any time, you know, marking bait or not or marking fish or not. I know plenty of times there's nothing on any screen or you never pass anything on down or side image and boom sucker rod goes off or way out in the cast. Boom, you get hit. And he got no idea where it came from or whatnot, but to us, it just never happened. And I don't know if we can exactly account it for the weather, but I got to say the weather did not help our causes out there on that crystal clear water.
1: Well, I I don't want to blame Michael Hansen here, but I mean, we we did a little Instagram live and he hopped on Mm. generously and it was awesome to see him. I was happy that he came on and chatted up. Uh, with us a little bit that was fun to do that but you know part of my uh, ambition to go to that trophy ish lake on Sunday was because you know they're two hours to the west of us and you know I knew they air fishing trophy clear water and they were getting bites to happen in the same type of weather so just figured it was doable Um you know it's a lake we've had success on in the past and again, it was a day, you know, we we had success. Granted, it was during the full moon, but, you know, the weather was fairly similar-ish to what we were dealing with um, on Sunday, and, you know, we had bites, so it could have happened. I think it's just, you know, it's musky fishing, and some days it works, and some days it doesn't, and, uh, you know, I think this weekend was a good, good, like, little slice of just, you know, a reminder of what can happen when you go out there, and, try for big fish. You hear all these stories, you know, of Tom Gelb up here in in Northern Wisconsin going 25, 26 days in a row without a bite and then catching, you know, a 50 pounder. And that's just kind of what it is. Like we're not, you know, we've talked about the Northern Wisconsin fishery and for big fish, when you go after them, they're here, but they're just really difficult to catch. And I think that's what makes them more, you know, not like more special than catching a big fish anywhere else but it is very difficult and there's a reason why not many you know 49 plus 50 plus inch fish get caught in Violet county every year um because they're just you know tough to get to go and i could bet you a few of those fish that looked you know at our suckers on sunday i mean if you looked at them on live scope they looked substantial and uh giants i mean they they were not small fish and we've kind of got to the point where you know we can tell on the live how big how big the fish are ish uh but yeah i mean you know we found them and and they're just they were all just kind of in that classic fall pattern you know nothing crazy we weren't doing anything that nobody else does i mean we're doing everything that everybody else does you know we're we're fishing big steep you know breaks diving into the deepest water and you know with the live it's like you can tell exactly where where to hang that bait or where to put your trolling lures to contact fish and you know there's no guessing it wasn't like oh or are we on fish are we not on fish i mean we were always on top of stuff it just never it just never happened and yeah that's uh that that will just you know it's the way it's just the way she goes sometimes so uh really fun weekend overall though. Um, good good end end of the season i think just getting out of the boat hanging out with you guys and um hopefully you and i can can sneak out after thanksgiving for a few more days just to see if we can't uh get a little bit of revenge
0: <laughs> yeah i think we'll be able to do that there should be plenty of water there's really i mean as we speak on the it's the 21st right now of november there's tons of lakes still open i mean i've I've driven by the, uh, the bridge on the chain, you know, catfish and Voyager, that area right there is wide open. Um, and that's, you know, that's a stained fishery. So, uh, maybe just the tiny little lakes. I've heard some reports of some small, very small lakes are getting, you know, locked up on some of these mornings that we're now finally getting below freezing, but we definitely have time. Uh, the weather is going to drop pretty good. I think we're going to be doing a lot of trolling. My frustration and hatred now towards suckers are is growing <laughs> exponentially as we speak, although they have uh, graced us with many fish since, oh man, I think the first one in the boat was like late, late September. I ran them a little bit in middle September, and I think this is the first year we didn't get one in middle of september everything was just all casting um but i don't know how many looked at suckers i didn't run live scope again until october and i don't know i think i think trolling will be good anyways that's been like i said pretty good for getting bites these past few weeks and even some big bites too it's not like we're just only getting small fish trolling that's what some people say that's definitely not true um, I think you can get a big fish trolling just as much on a sucker because I know that we've caught our fair share of 32 to 36 inch fish on suckers mm-hmm. and casting might be really done. I don't really think it's worth our gear on just messing up our reels and rods on, you know, 30, 29 degree days or something like that just for like an hour. So, but I feel good, you know, we've, I've been seeing, you know, piles and piles of fish and bait on the steep break still just like normal right next to cribs, any, uh, hard to soft bottom transition. They're just all the fish are like Max said, they're just, they're hanging out where everybody knows and thinks they should be. Uh, the feedback is just going to be less and the bite windows are ridiculously tight. Even if you think you feel a bite window coming on, it might be 9 a.m., 1230. I mean, still the 3 to 4 p.m. has been pretty darn consistent. I think that's pretty normal, though, for the fall on kind of peak heat right up to sunset, that time frame, you know, moon or not. That just seems to always get a good bite, you know, make sure you're on your your best, best spot at that time, you know, leading up to sunset. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. As much as it's now drawing towards the end, I'm uh I'm pretty happy with the way this entire season went. I would have to say, um, with the whole successes of PMTT, uh, lots of successful guide trips, lots of first muskies, uh, lots of muskies in general put in the boat. I mean, we uh I think we just put a good hurting on them overall this year as much as our frustrations came about here and there but I would have to say we really never hit too bad of a slump I know in the past we've had our you know weeks or maybe even longer of just really bad fishing and just second guessing everything and this year it seems like we've really been able to kind of pick back up after maybe a bad day or something like that and switch waters and switch tactics and becoming a little bit more versatile in our ways of fishing I think yeah no I agree it's uh it's been a, it's been a great
1: season for you you know first first season I would say really diving into the guiding full-time I know you'll never say it so I'm probably gonna brag for you here Uh, but yeah I mean you hit some you know goals of yours this year and were able to put over 150 muskies in the, in the boat. And that's, you know, that's good shit. And I think it, you know, it it, 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 the doing this podcast has been a lot of fun with kind of talking through it each week. And I, and I almost feel like, I don't know if you agree with me, but I almost feel like it's, you know, kind of similar to when people talk about like recording themselves and filming their muskie fishing and kind of going back and looking and learning uh, this podcast has almost kind of been nice like therapeutic in a way where we've been able to kind of talk and debrief and almost kind of helps get the the juices flowing on uh you know what to do the next week and kind of talk about what we did right what we did wrong and I think it's helped uh you know helped a little bit um with just kind of getting creative and and finding ways to stay stay on top of fish because yeah like you said you know in the past we've we've been consistently fishing now up north, you know, most weekends prior to you guiding, you know, for a very long time. And we've always had terrible stretches. And like you said, this year was the first time where it felt like we could kind of pivot. And um, that's exciting to me, you know, like getting to that point where you can kind of, you know, get creative and stay on top of fish. Cause you kind of have to, I mean, the bites always changing. And like you said, now we're into this late fall period where, things are so predictable. I mean, you can pull up your Navionics and, oh, you know, there's a rock point that drops into 30 feet of water. And then on the other side of that's a rock bar that comes up to 10 feet and there's a trough in the middle. Yeah. There's going to be a fish there. I mean, it's like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like, all right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun time of year, but it, it is a frustrating time of year. And I just from DMing with people on the Mott page, you know, I think other people have kind of shared that sentiment with suckers and I don't know, I can't put my finger on why this year has been more difficult than other years. You know, maybe it is because we're hitting a little bit bigger water. Maybe there's more, more of a plethora Mm -hmm. of food to go around that they're, you know, not as inclined to just eat the free meal because they have so many options or like you're saying, you know, we're fishing lakes with some sort of Cisco base, but you know, it's just, it's it's been interesting I I don't know if there's a reason behind it you know maybe there's just not and that's okay Uh, and maybe next year it'll be like totally flipped and suckers will be the dominant player and maybe trolling will be less of a factor you just you don't know and that's kind of why you got to do it all and I mean if I were to kind of debrief on like a day on why I think you decide to do trolling at the beginning for sure and then hang suckers and um, cast if you're able to is it just feels like a good way to kind of cover water to start the morning and see if you can mark some fish on side because a lot of times you know it feels like if you can find one there's going to be multiple fish in that area even mm-hmm. if you're not marking them on your electronics so then you can just kind of circle back and you know drag the suckers through that stretch and a lot of times like besides the one fish on Saturday morning where you know you either catch one trolling or you see one trolling you go back and you fish that spot with suckers, and it's like there's four or five muskies there in a pretty much like a playpen type area. Um, and that's it's a, it's cool, you know, but they don't eat, it's doesn't really mean much,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and that that again boils down to such a day to day bite, it seems like, which is why I bring the trolling rods every day, the casting rods every day, and the sucker rods every day when I have the suckers, I mean, I think there's only like a small stretch in there where I didn't have any suckers and I really only just trolled, but yeah, still it it's, it's weird. I, I know there's like a two day or maybe three day stretch where I trolled out of uh like moon windows and stuff and only casted and sucker fished during moon. And we got zero bites in the moon and all the bites trolling. And it's just like, I, it's like, I don't know We're if we were maybe doing the opposite and we trolled during moon and we sucker fish and cast outside of moon, it would have been the same, you know, chances are we probably, probably would have gone to the same areas, but like, well, I don't know. Is it the fact that we we're covering water and just had the baits in the strike zone and waited until a window opened up and hopefully ran a bait across the fish's face or, you know, playing your cards with you know, slowly moving with suckers and casting, which you got to go, you know, at a half mile an hour, maybe even slower. And you're not covering a lot of water, but you got to be on them. Like if you're in a dead zone, you can be really in a dead zone. I've definitely figured that one out. And sometimes you realize it way too late because of how short the windows are. And sometimes you're able to make quick moves and quickly pick up, but Usually the goal is once you put the suckers in the water, you want to keep them in the water as long as possible and connect the dots and as many spots or places as you can without lifting up and, and moving spots. Cause it's the time of year of fishing, you know, less than you can count on one hand, how many spots a day you're going to be able to fish. Cause you're going to realize you're like, oh, I'm going to go fish that spot and sucker fish it. You get done with it. And two hours went by and it's, it's already midday you know yeah. and it's like oh that sun looks kind of low right now <laughs> like, yeah it's afternoon now
1: I know it's so weird to look down and be like oh it's 3 pm and the sun's about to set I'm like Jesus Christ this day went by so fast like yeah oh. <laughs> it's the one the the pros and cons of fall fishing with the the limited amount of uh suns you know you have like the day just goes by so fast but you know you're able to get back and and have dinner with you know, d- dinner at a reasonable time and get to bed at a reasonable time. But Jesus, when you're ending your day at, at four 30 or five 30, like it just, uh, it goes by quick. So yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, do you have anything else to add on the fall fishing? Cause I, um, since we last recorded the, the full PMTT schedule came out and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, well, it's oh, just right. you and I and, and no Brian here and chat a little bit about it. Cause I know we've kind of talked internally, but I feel like it'd be good to just air it out right now. Um, so if you want to kind of run run through what, what we got cooking next year, that'd be great.
0: Yep. As of right now, the PMTT came out with the full uh, trail schedule and we got cave run per usual uh, last weekend in April. Uh, definitely looking forward to getting back to there. I You know, ebb and flow. You know, had some really good luck there for this year and really excited to bring Max down there and show him that different planet that exists down there. That's just completely crazy and, you know, a type of lake that doesn't even look like there should be muskies in there. And yet there are, um, then we're going to go back to Madison. So the first two PMTT trail legs are, uh, carbon copies of this year. And definitely looking forward to that. I, I enjoyed Madison at times. I can't say I fully loved it. Not always a super big fan of fisheries that have, uh, wake borders and stuff like that, you know, going around you on a Saturday when it's super sunny. And, uh, cause that kind of gives me almost like PTSD of fishing over here on the Eagle river chain, <laughs> yeah. certain summer days that are even just like. Oh, it's a Wednesday and there's like 150 people in this section I'm like that's nice. <laughs> it's
1: yeah. Well, I I'm really excited to get down to Cave Run. I mean, I know I was really sad to miss that event uh this year and um you know, hopefully I can hopefully I can redeem myself for my absence this last this last spring and I know, you know, by pretty much by the end of January I'm already to get back out on the boat and musky fish. So that's going to be like a really nice week to look forward to that'll kind of help get us through uh you know the winter months um up here knowing that you know we have that to to go to at the end of April you know I've heard enough about it where I feel like I'm gonna like it you know just seems like you know me I love fishing new water I love going to new places and doing all that and deal so I'm really looking forward to getting down there. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun regardless of of what happens and uh, should be like a good little kickoff to the season. And then, yeah, Madison, I mean, you know, last year, (laughs) Saturday was, uh, Saturday was, was beautiful weather uh, for, you know, hanging out. Um, As I think I mentioned on the podcast on our recap, it's like, you know, we had, uh, We we battled, everyone was battling everything on Saturday. It was 85 degrees, pure sun, every person out there, jet skis, wakeboarders, you know, everyone was using the lake, having a good time. We had chicks on the dock, blasting Taylor Swift, you know, it was just some T-Swift. And, you know, you just kind of have to battle the elements on top of that. You know, you just have, you're in a, a metro area with a lot of recreational fishermen as well during the tournament hours and you know so yeah it will be interesting to see and then obviously Sunday we got you know kind of blessed with some bad weather which kept everyone else besides the you know 90-odd boats that were in the tournament pretty much off the lake with you know the PMTT people kind of had it to themselves so we'll see what what kind of happens this year I think the the tournament that i um, excited to hear your thoughts on is the next one going to minnetonka another uh, very metro fishery mm, uh, august have, too in august um a little bit worried about water temps be curious to see how that goes i mean i know it's a pretty deep clear lake but man we've had some really hot summers here in minneapolis and you know, I live probably twenty-five minutes away from the body of water. I've never fished it, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I've been out there hanging out and and kind of seen the buffoonery that happens on Minnetonka and been a part of it at times, but yeah, it's uh I feel like that's gonna be a whole whole different animal in August. And uh, you know, curious to hear your, your thoughts on the selection.
0: I guess Oh man, I don't know. I'm I'm obviously looking forward to it because it's a new body of water. But man, if I was gonna go to Tonka, that's probably the last month I probably would have picked to go. I guess maybe next <laughs> to July. But oh my gosh, I I don't know. I think we're I think that one's gonna be an absolute uh, grind and shit show all combined into one, and just see what we can get out of out of that you know body of water i know it's i've heard that it's very clear uh super deep weeds or you know weeds in a good amount of the lake and i don't know i got nothing really else to say i don't know anything about it i just know that it's one of the most heavily populated and busiest bodies of water in the summer and we get to go fish it on a friday and saturday
1: (laughs) enough said out of enjoyment Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a mental uh grind. I, I'm pretty excited to get, um <laughs> can't wait to get those texts from Jeremy pre-fishing. I can only imagine how that's going to go. Um uh, He won't even be fishing. He'll just
0: be. <laughs> yelling at people. And, yeah.
1: Because <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's going to be a test of patience. That's for sure. I mean, it's, you know. It, it's a big body of water but with that many boats out there i feel like it gets small quick i mean i've been out there and you know most of the main sections are so just kind of crowded with boat traffic so i don't know if it's going to be one of those scenarios where we're going to have to try to find a, a way to get you know outside of the crowd if that's even possible or or just battle the elements and try to grind out a fish or or three you know but yeah, it, it should be, should be interesting. I mean, I, I guess I'm a little bit excited that I, I, I well, once say I'm excited. I mean, I I like traveling and going to different places. So, you know, it'll be a little bit less, it'll be a little easier on the travel budget, I suppose. Um, uh, because if we make it to, uh, the championship, um, mm-hmm. as we mentioned, in our last podcast with Clayton, they're going to the Eagle river chain and, uh, Wow. I am, uh, I was a little bit shocked to hear that for the championship. I, I can't lie.
0: A little bit too. Yeah. I was not really expecting that. And as of now, and I think probably set in stone, it's just going to be the Eagle River chain as well. Cause obviously in the championship, it's only going to be 30, 40, or I think they max out at maybe 50 boats or something like that, depending on how many fish are caught. I mean, it all depends if it's a tough year or not. I know this year was a tough year for. Numbers and and I want to say what was it? Twenty nine boats made it to the championship, or something like that. It might have been like thirty or thirty one, but I think only twenty nine ended up going. And I think in years past, it's at least forty ish, you know, on a typical year. Mm-hmm. And really, that many boats on the Eagle River chain only is not terrible at all, you know. Once you start splitting it up between you know the north and south section of the chain, it's It's not bad, but I don't know. I can't really talk too much on that because we got to obviously make it there first and hopefully catch a fish in one of three events, which uh, I think is definitely going to be part of our goals to make it to the championship so that we can fish our home waters. And, and uh, yeah, I think that would be, I think that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool to, to come back here in late September on the chain.
1: Yeah, it'll be an interesting uh interesting tournament that's for sure. I really hope we make it there. Um you know, we've historically done for the most part average to bad on the Eagle River Chain during tournaments outside of the PMTT event. That was there, so I guess yep, hopefully yep. we can you know, maybe get get some of that magic if if we're there. Uh but should be an interesting event, you know, a lot of people that fish the trail are familiar with the eagle river chain and um you know there's going to be really no uh no secret on on what the what the playbook is there and got a feeling that uh putting a lot of those anglers on that body of water in late september um if the weather pans out could be uh could be a, could make for a very exciting i will say this it could make for a very exciting championship um, because really at that point, like you could almost film it like a bass tournament. I mean, no lead is going to be safe up until real, really when that, <clears throat> when that clock strikes, you know, 1 PM or whatever on, on Sunday. Cause yeah. as we know, you know, you can double and triple up there in short order. If you find a stretch of shoreline where they're going
0: or, you know, whatever. So yeah, they pack up like crazy out there in the chain
1: yeah so i mean it 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 could be a really fun event to uh to do some live i think because they're doing some live leaderboard updates uh next year with that oh yeah they have have that new app
0: that'll be very interesting to see how that works i don't know if that's gotten (laughs) if people are digging that change or not i don't i guess don't mind it well Uh, i've never used it before Anytime
1: you introduce any sort of technology into the fishing industry, it's never going yeah. to be received with a hundred percent approval.
0: <laughs> oh wait, really? <laughs> Dang. I guess everyone is just so accepting these days in the fishing industry.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone That's... agrees.
0: Everyone agrees on everything, obviously, you know?
1: Yeah. There's no <laughs> opinions or anything. or Especially with technology. Um, so yeah, we'll be, that'll be, that'll be really cool to kind of, be able to see that because i know like sometimes we'll be you know they'll be we'll be on text threads with people during the tournament and sometimes people say they caught one or if they didn't catch one or whatever but um you know now it's like you gotta log your fish and you know you will know if clayton and nick caught one or if jeremy and trevor caught one or you know any of our other friends um you know start <clears throat> start popping off it'd be kind of fun to fun to watch and Hopefully it won't be too distracting. I feel like you know I'm. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn your phone off. I'm going to probably
0: make you turn your phone yeah, off.
1: I know you know me. I'm a big fan of the live updates from Tim at like eleven a <laughs> eleven a m on the first day. Yeah. That's always the best. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's going to be a good season. Uh, be curious to. I keep saying I'll be curious because I, I just am. I mean, I I think it it's going to provide some some interesting results, especially with doing Madison back-to-back years. I feel like people are gonna kinda probably, you know, I'll be it'll be interesting to see what people do, like if they'll kind of stick to what worked. I mean, seemed like people were pretty open with what was going on and what people had success with there. And it's it's not a body of water. Like okay, so let me back up it the the crazy thing about Madison is it's too big essentially so you you can't hide there's no secret bite really i feel like i mean unless i was missing out on something like we obviously were not quite fishing in the same areas as other people but like people could see where we were i mean it wasn't like the chippewa flowage where you know we went hours without seeing other tournament boats at times or even on the eagle river chain where you know you're you're separated by all these different lakes where you might not see, you know, people, granted, these are large lakes in Madison, but you know, there's, if you're on uh Wabisa, you know, you, c- you can see where people are at. So
0: we, we saw the, the day one leaders getting followed by like 10 boats. There's yeah. like a parade of them going all to like the same spot, a dozen or more boats. Just, it was just like almost too obvious. So yeah i'll definitely definitely be curious on how that goes for sure yeah so i don't know if madison results are going
1: to be better this year because people probably kind of took what they learned last year and will apply it to this year or if it'll be tougher for people that maybe did good last year if the bite changes because like i know for us you know if we pre-fish we're just going to be hitting our spots that we had success at this last year and then kind of go from there if they're still there they're still there and if they're not then you gotta pivot and mm-hmm. figure something else out. But I mean, that was the one tournament where I felt like when we went to the registration, it was like everybody was like, Oh yeah, we're on fish. <laughs> you
0: know, like... Yeah, Yeah, there still just like wasn't that many fish <laughs> caught. <laughs> and it was all saved by you know the Lajewski giant 50 plus and uh I think it was Gillich with another fifty plus and tons of upper 40s on Sunday. You know, not saying that those, like, saved the tournament, but, man, there was really not that many fish caught, and those fish really saved that tournament from being, you know, not that many caught. I think there was, man, I'd, I'd have to go look back at the numbers, but I'm pretty sure with only 29 boats at the Chippewa Floage, there's more fish caught there than all three tournaments, even though, obviously, it's two and a half days, but, like, Yeah, I thought it was notorious for the chip wall to be difficult, just harsh, just a total, you know, biatch to everybody. And, Mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't know. There was definitely some eye opening things that we saw this year for sure. And I would say, I would say being a part of what happened on Sunday at Madison was one of the craziest things ever. Seeing all those big fish caught in one day was such a giant weather switch going from very very hot and sunny the day before to wearing pretty much as many layers as we brought giant north northwest winds heavy rains and cold like that was that was a snap that was very similar to what happened in PMTT Eagle River last year when you were wearing that down coat on Sunday in late June up here in Eagle River yeah, and like boots and yeah, it was crazy. I, I think it's the best
1: thought experiment of you know sometimes these big fish just aren't accessible on certain weather days, and then when things change and the flip switches, it's like they just are all of a sudden they just appear. I mean, they didn't they didn't pack their bags and you know, travel to the lake and hang out for the day and eat and then leave. Like they're in there, but yeah, I mean, you went from Saturday in Madison where all, you know, limited fish were caught, not that many big fish to all of a sudden Sunday, it was like, you know, we got that one 44 and three quarter, but looking back at film, watching a few of those other fish porpoise near our boat, they were all mid to upper 40 inch class fish that were pushed up super shallow and you know just Mm -hmm. accessible so it's just it's just funny like sometimes before you even hit the water your fate might be more determined than you know maybe you can you know you can just uh, things that are out of your control that you just Mm -hmm. just kind of funny so yeah i mean that was again one of the cooler things about tournaments is you really kind of get a feel for what's going on because there's so many good anglers out there fishing but uh yeah that madison deal is probably one of the craziest things i've ever seen where it was like bad on saturday and then the flip switched and it was like all the big fish in the lake just decided to munch
0: mm-hmm. yeah that was crazy i'll definitely be curious if that goes on again this year there's always the chance of big weather switches during the tournaments and i think maybe like i've said in the other podcast, it's uh man there's i can't tell you how many times you see day one somebody hammers fish weather switches day two you don't see them come in with the fish and mm-hmm. you just know that man those weather switches can really really put a damper on people's patterns whether they're good or not and you got to know when to make those switches and i think really those people that win them end up either knowing exactly when and where to switch or they are on so too many fish that they can't even handle all of them, you know, and they just get them all, get them all in. they found their little secret, uh, secret patch of fish. And we know that can happen, but that also, it doesn't happen every single day or at every single Lake. And yeah, man, tournament fishing is nuts. That's it's just a different ball game it's crazy how much, I mean, this would be a whole nother rabbit hole. It's just crazy how much different we fish too. It's like we get back up North and we're done tournament fishing. It's like, Oh yeah, we don't, we can like sit down and, you know, take a drink of water and have a sandwich right now. Instead of (laughs) trying to eat while we're flying at as fast as our tiller can go across the lake. 35. Yeah. A whopping 35 and a quarter or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) Two people. Gets the job done, though.
1: Yeah, I feel like the same thing will happen at Minnetonka this year where it's going to be so weather dependent um, on how that tournament's going to go because with it being super crowded, you know, clear water, I just feel like, you know, you're going to be praying for either a big front, weather, you know, movements throughout days. You're just praying for not stagnant 92 degree weather I mean that's like yeah, I think no, at the end of the day no. what what we're just really hoping and praying that that doesn't happen because I mean I was here a lot this summer and like I think I was talking to the guru on one of our podcasts and I was just like dude I just feel like this summer has been relentless in Minneapolis I mean every day is 90 degrees and sunny and then if a rainstorm came in it would come in for 15 20 minutes or whatever and then leave and I just I ha- I'm a little bit apprehensive about fishing Tonka in August, but, you know, hopefully we'll be pleasantly surprised. And once we get out there, you know, maybe it won't be as in- intimidating or as difficult as we thought. And if it is, then it is what it is, and everyone's going to have to face those conditions. And so, I'll tell you this, somebody's going to end up catching fish, and somebody's going to win the tournament. So, you know, it's. I feel like it's a mindset thing where you just got to believe that you can – do that you know whether it's a little bit of a false belief or not you still got to tell yourself that it's doable because you know no one you can't hand a check to somebody with with no one catches a fish like so it's gonna happen so um you know be curious just yeah let's just be interested to see how that one goes
0: yep all right so i think that's probably a wrap on little pmtt talk about next year and all that and definitely looking forward to that but i think we can wrap it up here tonight and like to for sure thank all the listeners for tuning in to another week of muskies on tap appreciate all of you appreciate all the supporters and buying some merch and appreciate all of all of the people that i took out this summer and especially those that actually you know listen to the podcast and found found my guide service through that so Thank you all and want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, uh, a safe rest of their gun season in Wisconsin, uh, deer hunting. And I know it goes to muzzleloader season and I don't know how many people get out for that, but, uh, I hope everyone's had a successful start to the hunt and, and for those still out, hoping that you can close it out here. Uh, just as much as I'm trying to really close out the season with a, a dandy, We were able to boat a nice fish today with good friend Clayton, who was just on the podcast last week. We got out today and he got a really nice fish, uh, super rounded out fatty, uh, a little over 40 inches. And man, that thing, he, he set the hook and he said, he thought he was into a log because it kind of just sat there probably (laughs) non on the mag dog and, and, uh, yeah, it was after I think it was right after, oh man, it might've been like, I look, just look back at the footage. I think about four pumps before he set the hook into that fish, quote unquote, I think I said, I'm starting to not like this lake again or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I say something ridiculous like that, do, you know, typical complaining. And then the fish hits the bag and it's like, oh, never a doubt. They're always here. They're always going to bite today. We knew what we <laughs> were doing this whole time. All these fish are fired up now and <laughs> it took till 4 p.m. There you go. What? Uh, yeah,
1: I'll be. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that footage. What? Uh, but real quick before we head out here, a few last things, uh, some housekeeping items. First, um, we're very excited for the next few weeks. We got some really great guests coming on for you guys. Uh, we're very fortunate to connect with some people, uh, that have been doing some unbelievable things in the musky industry for quite some time now. So, um, really, really look, really looking forward to that, and and bringing you guys some great interviews here, uh, coming up as the season you know comes to an end. We're hoping to still kind of keep this thing going. Uh, we're gonna do our best. Trust us. We're we're trying. Um, you know, we're a relatively new podcast, so. You know, if anyone's listening to this and wants to reach out to us and just kind of either give us suggestions or, you know, um, we'll be happy to kind of listen and, uh, you know, take notes of what you guys are saying. You know, a few people have reached out, so we've been thankful for that. Uh, But we'll end here, Gus. I am curious as to what you are most looking forward to this uh, upcoming Thanksgiving, food-wise, uh, anything, really yeah. anything.
0: I would Football. have to say drinks what are you looking for Uh, man you're naming off a lot of good things here um man i would say just good getting out in the boat again for a good last couple of musky outings with you me and dad and uh just trying her hand at freezing her asses off and maybe getting one of those giant northern wisconsin fish and then going back home and enjoying a very nice old-fashioned and leftover stuffing and gravy mashed potatoes okay. turkey cranberries uh probably some sort of overly delicious dessert i would have to assume too many good things too many good I'm things
1: coming back from a day of freezing your ass off to a, a fire and old-fashioned and thanksgiving leftovers sign mm. sign me the frig up that's yeah that's awesome
0: yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to all that. I'm just looking forward to, uh, just get, yeah, staying out in the boat as much as I can. And it's all, all a blessing and hoping for, you know, like I said, one last fish here and, and, uh, just closing out the season and on a good note, you know, I think last year, the final day before winterization, it was a three for four trolling outing with my dad. So it's going to be hard to beat that. I would have to say and uh maybe we could. Well,
1: I mean the stars are kind of realigning. Um you know, it's we're getting a true cold snap, which is always good in the fall. We got full moon uh coming up this weekend. Yeah. So everything that's similar to last year before we ended the season, you know, you and I and uh Dad got a nice one and then you guys obviously crushed it trolling the final day of the season, so hoping that 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 repeats itself this year but if not it's been a great year and very thankful for all the fish that did find their way into our boat to take a picture with us uh shout out those fish um shout out shout out muskies so yeah we'll see i mean uh i'll be thankful to just get out on the boat again try to keep this thing going as much as we can because uh when winter hits and the ice comes on the water you know it's all done so uh, we'll see how it goes, but uh, it's been a great year, and couldn't uh, couldn't be happier with with how things panned out. So, I'm content. Although we do have one more chance, so let's uh, let's give it our all and see what happens. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, man. Well, good little recap there, and shout out Brian. Sorry, uh, sorry you guys couldn't be graced with his uh, wonderful takes, and uh, I'm sure he would have probably brought some good entertainment tonight that we, we can't, we can never fill that void. So anytime Brian's not on here, um, you know, we're always sad, but uh, he'll be back on next week and I'm sure he'll come in hot.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, I don't think I'll be able to do a nice outro. Like he's always able to really send everybody away on a, on a high note, but all right everybody <laughs> <laughs> anyways all ready, oh man i can't even speak that fast all right everybody ah. <laughs> can't do it just
1: cut it <laughs> can't do it cut it
0: peace <laughs> peace <laughs>